You and I were talking about this off the air. You know who's never out of work? A Browns beat reporter. Because it's 365 days a year, always something going on with Cleveland Browns, right? You'd be out of work if they were a great team. People like to figure out how we're going to fix this team. And usually we're talking about this time of the year, who's going to be our new head coach, general manager, or quarterback? Well, maybe two out of three ain't bad so far. Well, yeah, it's it's a little bit better these days. And uh, unless they move, our next guest will be working 365 days a year. Let's welcome in once again outstanding Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com. He is Scott Petrak. How are you, Scotty? Pretty good. How are you guys? Hey, we're great, man. Thanks for making time for us. We always appreciate it. Uh, and, Scotty, let's start with Andrew Barry's year-end press conference. Did he say anything worthwhile that we should, uh, you know, take as – hey, something's going to happen there, they're going to make a move, or did he say a lot but really say nothing? I mean, I would lean toward the latter. Um, You know, he never says a ton. You know, he was more open this time. I thought he was more just kind of gave some of his feelings and, um, you know, motivations and that kind of thing, which he hasn't done a whole lot in the past. But from, like, a news perspective, you know, I think you can say that, you know, he said he'd absolutely love to have Flacco back. Joe Flacco, but then he, or you know, he included the phrase, but there's constraints on both sides of the aisle, and you know, we like Jacoby too, and he left. So, it, right. I don't know how much you can read into that. You know, he said they're going to work to bring Nick Chubb back. I think we all assumed, but there is a big contract hurdle that they're going to have to get over, and Barry certainly implied that they're going to do everything they can to have Chubb back next year to see if he can come back from this, you know, devastating injury. Scotty, how do they go about doing this? And how do they go about bringing back some of the success they had this year, winning 11 games? The last couple of times they've gone to the playoffs, and you can go all the way back to the cardiac kids. Have a great season. Following year, don't make the playoffs. Can we believe in this team? And how do they continue to build this thing? Yeah, I mean, that's the billion-dollar question. It's hard to do. You know, it's hard to have sustained success in this league. I mean, we know, I don't know the exact stats, but we all know that, you know, is it four or six playoff teams swap out a year? Right? It just happens. There's so much, you know, volatility. There's so much left to chance, right? How many injuries you get, who the injuries are to, you know, that affects who gets to make the playoffs. You know, you get a Hail Mary go against all those things affect how many games you win. But the teams that have the consistent success have stability. They have a great coach. And they usually have a great quarterback. So I think the Browns are working toward that. I think they're going to have stability. I still expect Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Bayer to get extensions, right? The first guys to be here for more than four years. Um, I think, I mean, that's guaranteed because they're both on a contract for next year. And we haven't seen that, right? Romo Cornell was four years. I think it was the longest guy since 99. So you have that. Um, you have stability. I think you have a really good head coach. I don't know if you want to call mm-hmm. him great but he's probably going to win Coach of the Year for the second time in four years. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but I think he's done a really good job, Kevin Stefanski. So the missing piece is the quarterback. Do you get that kind of quarterback play? And this year, they were to go to the playoffs without it, and that speaks to the job Stefanski did and the rest of the team. But can they find consistent play at quarterback? And that means Deshaun Watson, and that's a question mark. Because if he plays mm-hmm. at a really high level, then yeah, I think this team can continue on this path. I think the other things will be there. I think the defense will be good again next year. Jim Schwartz will be back. I think they got a lot of good players. I think the systems are strong. But to get you over that hurdle, right, to get back-to-back, mm-hmm. I think you do need 
good quarterback play. Scotty, a couple of years ago we were talking about draft capital. We had a lot of draft picks. We know we don't have that many now because of the Deshaun Watson and other deals that they've made. Draft capital is one thing that comes to mind. What about the salary cap? Uh, what will they have to spend in free agency? Well, I mean, it's such a hard thing to figure out, right? And mm-hmm. I spent a decent amount of time looking into it. I'm no salary cap right. expert, right? But I asked Andrew Barry that on Monday because, you know, there's numbers you see out there where they're right. you know, negative, mm-hmm. like you have to clear $12 million or whatever it is. Um, he said that's not going to be restriction, and I believe him. Now, it restricts some of the things you do, but if they need to make a specific move or move, they can move, they can clear enough salary cap space to make that happen. And whether that's continuing to, you know, play with Deshaun Watson's contract where they just keep moving the dollars down the road. Um, like, take for example, Amari Cooper is supposed to be $20 million against the cap next. Mm-hmm. Well, if you sign him to a three-year extension, you can spread all that money out and you're paying him like $2 million in this year. Right, so that clears eighteen million dollars. Wow. All of a sudden, you have him under contract, and you can go get other guys. Right, so there are certainly math tools that they can use to clear space, and I think that's why Barry has the confidence. Plus, you know, we talk about the Ivy League guys and the analytic guys. You know, you can people can criticize them all they want, but I think this is one area where they know exactly what they're doing. Yes, Scotty, isn't this the one? This is where he started out, right? Cap manipulation, wasn't that one of his strengths, Andrew Barry? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of what he started to do with um, Indianapolis, right, when he started there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Podesta. I'm sure that's one of the things he does. You know, they have guys from Harvard working at him. I mean, they have a lot. They've devoted a lot of resources to this. So I, I don't doubt for one second when he says they can do what they want. Now, that doesn't mean they have an unlimited budget because they don't. And you still have to, you know, you might have to make difficult decisions. And he said that. But if a need, if a move needs to be made, right? Like they needed to, they wanted to trade for Zedary Smith in whatever May or June this year, they could free up cap money, and I don't think that's going to be any kind of restriction again next year. Scott Petrak, our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. Check out his website brownzone.com for the latest each and every day on what the Browns are doing. I want to go back to the the Flacco comments, Scotty. Your opinion, not Andrew Barry's. Can yeah. they bring him back? knowing that if Deshaun Watson starts and struggles, you're going to have a quarterback controversy with the fans calling for Joe Flacco based on what he did this past year? That's, to me, that's, well, to me, there's two questions, Kenny. And one of them is, is, he going to get, is Joe Flacco going to get a better offer somewhere else? And that's either a money, you know, better money-wise or better opportunity-wise. And we saw right. Chicago Reset, the same thing happened last year. He had a better opportunity to play. And he's getting more money, and he left. And I think the Browns aren't going to change where they decide to pay the backup six million dollars. They used to when Baker Mayfield was under the rookie contract. Right? They did that with Case Keenum. I don't think they're going to do that anymore. So I do think that's a restriction. And then the other hurdle, or the other thing you have to think about, is even if Flacco, if the Browns make Flacco the best offer, and he wants to come back because he liked it here, and I truly believe that, then the question becomes: Can they coexist? And I think they can, Kenny. I certainly think it's a concern and something to think about. But, you know, Joe Flacco's a good locker room guy. And from everything, uh, you know, I've talked to guys inside that locker room. They said Deshaun Watson and Joe Flacco got along fine at the end of the year, better than fine. Flacco really fit into that locker room. So, yes, externally it could be an issue. And I'm not, I'm not doubting it on talk radio, right? The mm-hmm. first time Watson throws a couple picks, that's going to be discussion. Um, 
I think if you're the Browns, you balance that with, well, the guy's coming off shoulder surgery. He's only been on the field for 12 games for two years. We need a guy that can win games if Watson can't play, right? And I think that supersedes, man, it could be a little awkward. Scotty, how about the OC spot? JT and I have been talking about it all week, all right? What did Alex Van Pelt do, and <laughs> did he not do hardly anything, so this isn't really a big deal? I, I don't think that's fair to say. Um, you know, he didn't call plays, which is the first thing you talk about when you talk about play callers, right? Or right. coordinators. So I think if you wanted to say it's not that big a deal, I think you're fine saying that. That doesn't mean he didn't work incredibly hard. Doesn't mean he didn't have a large voice in the offense, because he did, right? I mean, Kevin Spansky's not in, well, I take that back. He might be in every offensive meeting, but there's some meetings he's not because he's head coach, right? And there's sometimes when the offense is operating at practice and Stefanski's watching the defense. They're watching the special teams because he's the head coach. So that falls on Alex Van Pelt then, and Stefanski trusted him. And he was also the de facto quarterback coach for, for most of the four years. So he had an impact, and he was well-liked. I talked to Joe Batonio at the Sports Awards the other night, and he said he was surprised, and Van Pelt's a great dude, and he really helped. So I think it is a loss. And obviously, you know, the Browns, I mean, they could have kept him, and Stefanski decided he didn't want him as his coordinator anymore, offered him a different spot, a different job. Van Pelt said no, and now Van Pelt, I think, is hoping to call plays. I think that was always his hope. And he's interviewing with Vegas today. Um, so, you know, I, I do think they'll be able to fill the offense coordinator. I don't think it's the end of the world, but I, I think Van Pelt did a good job for four years. Scotty, since we're talking about offensive coordinators, I want to bring up Brian Callahan. He was down at Cincinnati. Now he's a head coach at the Tennessee Titans. How much does that hurt Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow in our own division losing the offensive coordinator? I don't even know if he called yeah. the plays down there. I don't know if it was Zach Taylor, but how does that affect Joe Burrow? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it will affect Burrow. Now, you know, he's a great quarterback, so I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he's going to be crushed. I don't think he's not going to be any good anymore because Callahan's not there. But a lot of people like Callahan. You know, he's well-respected. Uh, I think he did a good job down there with the Bengals and with Joe Burrow in that offense. And I think Zach Taylor was – no, I think I think Callahan called the plays. Okay. And now he's going to call him in Tennessee. I am pretty sure mm-hmm. – I don't know if it was the whole time, but I think at some point it changed. Because they were always, you know, thinking about TV, and they always focused on him in the booth, um, you know, Callahan. So I think that's – I think that's an issue for them. But Taylor is an offensive guy, right? He was a coordinator, I think, with the Rams before that. So, you know, it's it's not like it's a defensive guy. All of a sudden you have to bring in a brand-new offensive system. It's going to be the same system, and I think that will help Earl. Do you expect to see more of these young guys being named head coaches, calling their own plays? Should we get away from the fact that Kenny and I both think that offensive coordinator's job is to call the plays? That's not necessarily the case anymore, though, is it? No, uh, there's a couple things there, GT. Yeah, you're going to see young guys, right? We've seen it for a while now. Sean McVay and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Shanahan was young when he got the head job at the Niners. And, you know, LaFleur with Green Bay, the fancy with Cleveland, right? Those are all young guys uh, in offensive minds. And when it comes to coordinator calling the plays, I don't know if it's that much different than, you know, I'd have to go back and do research. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you draft, if you hire, a young coordinator, like part of the attraction is that he calls plays, right? Like that's one of the things that makes Kyle Shanahan really good is he calls the plays. And the same thing with Sean McVay and the same thing with Andy Reid, right? So like you have these great offensive minds 
I'd be reluctant if I were the front office or ownership to have that taken away because you say, oh, the coordinator needs to call the plays. Like, we've seen guys do that. We've seen guys win Super Bowls calling their plays, right? Like, you can do both jobs. And I get it. Not everybody can. And there are struggles and there's issues, right? You have to be able to manage the game as well as that play caller slash head coach. But I think we've seen that with the right guys, it's doable. And I would include Stefanski in that conversation. I think he's done a good job as a play caller. And I think he's done a good job as a head coach. Scotty, I'm looking at biggest offensive or defensive needs this offseason. I knew Andrew Barry wasn't going to give you guys anything to nibble on, okay? So I'm going to ask you, having watched all the games and the practices and uh, in the locker room and, and all of the above, right, what do you think their biggest need is this offseason? I would go receiver. I, I think, you know, I, I like Amari Cooper a lot. I, I think he's still really good. He's, you know, he had a career high in receiving yards this year. But he's pushing 30. A um, couple years in a row have ended with him being slowed by injury. Um, that's a bad trend. Doesn't mean it's going to continue. But, you know, there's probably a shelf life for Amari Cooper. That doesn't mean I don't want him back, and I think they should bring him back. And they should rework that contract and add a couple years to it. But they need more explosion. And they tried to do that last year, right? They went out and got traded for Elijah Moore. They signed Marquise Goodwin. They drafted Cedric Tillman. I don't think it had the desired impact. Now, they, they still won 11 games. With Joe Flacco, they still threw for a bunch of yards. So there's ways around it. David Njoku, you know, if you count him in the receiver room, he had a big-time year. Um, but strictly, is a, it's a wide-out position. I think you need to add at least one big-time body, whether that's a number one that bumps Cooper to a number two or a, number, a young number two maybe that slots behind Cooper and can take over as a number one in a couple of years. Something where all of a sudden Moore's a three, Tillman's a four, and you feel better about your depth. JT and I like – a specific receiver that could help the Browns and hurt another team in the division, but you're going to have to work that salary cap magic because he's probably going to get a nice contract, and that's T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Any Anything you're hearing at all about maybe T. Higgins being on a, a short list for the Browns? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that yet. I don't even know if they're there, right? we got a couple months left before free agency starts. I mean, I like that idea. Um I've always liked T. Higgins. You know, he's a deep threat, um, which I think is important. I, I think the one area, and I don't, I don't know how fast T. runs. Um, I, I would like, to, I'd like to see from a Browns perspective, speed added, right? Because Cooper's never been the fastest guy. Moore's more quick than fast. You know, I don't think Marquise Goodwin comes back. Tillman's big, and you know, a possession guy. David Bell doesn't run away from anybody. I think you need to find that speed element, a receiver. And if you think Higgins can fill that role, fine. If not, then you got to go find somebody who can. Scotty, I want to yeah, ask about you about a four six, by the way, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd rather. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying he's bad, and I like Higgins a lot, but I like the idea of a pure speed guy if you can find him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about Stump Mitchell. Now they fire the running back coach too. I guess seems like you know these guys when they leave, they're just fired. Is that correct? He was fired. Not everybody's fired. Okay. So Stump Mitchell leaves, takes a couple of parting shots at Kareem Hunt. Warranted or unwarranted, when you're one of the best or one of the better running teams in the league, why do you fire your running backs, Coach? Why do you fire your offensive coordinator? And is he rightful in in giving some, I I guess, parting shots towards Kareem Hunt on his way out the door? There's a lot there, JT. Um, First of all, Van Pelt wasn't exactly fired, right? We said, 
we can just okay. um, we can find you know kind of have a line there. Mitchell was that pout wasn't exactly fired. Um, I think you make moves because it goes beyond hey they had a good running back room or hey they were able to okay. run the ball right like there's more like these guys are around each other like all day every day for most of the year right and I, I think you if you Kevin Stefanski you look around and go you know uh, either I'm sick of this guy or he's not quite doing what I want or whatever it is right mm-hmm. like I think it can get better now the availability availability of Deuce Daly who they wind up hiring might have factored into it. Because he got fired during the season. So the Bronx knew he was out there. They interviewed him like the day after they fired Mitchell. So maybe they just thought they could upgrade. You know, mm-hmm. that includes getting younger. Stump okay. was old. They had knee surgery a couple years ago, missed some time. I don't know if that played in it or not. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's reasons you can move on from him. Even though he's beloved, even though like Nick Chubb raised about him, right? Like guys liked him. I, I don't think that means it's necessarily a bad move to make a change there. Um, and then as a Kareem Hunt thing, I think it's weird. Like, number one, Stump Mitchell did not talk to the media on the record all year. And we have – they rotate the assistant – the position coaches every Friday. And Mitchell flat out turned it down every time. And then he gets fired and he does a little media blitz. Um, so that's weird, I thought. Yeah. And yeah. included in there is out of nowhere, unsolicited, he just lights up Kareem Hunt. Now <laughs> – you know, I mean, he's you know he's free to say whatever he wants, and he's in the room. I'm not in that room. He's in that room, right? So he knows if Kareem's the last guy to show up for a meeting or the last guy to show up on the practice field. Although, you know, we're out there for practice. I never, I don't remember Kareem like running out late all the time or anything. Um, but maybe in meetings, right? He's the last guy there. I don't know, um, but it felt unnecessary. You know, maybe that's his last try attempt to motivate Kareem Hunt, um, but. It certainly felt unnecessary and out of the blue. At least he wasn't falling asleep in meetings like Leroy Horde used to do, Scotty. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was, and he just didn't say that. I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> that that could be right. it. He probably, he probably would have said it if he had been because he didn't, he didn't pull any budget. Scott Petrak, our guest. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrak. Read him every day. He and his team at brownzone.com. All right, Scotty. As far as their own free agents, who's priority number one? Well, we talked about Flacco, right? So yeah. he's not priority number one because you're not doing everything you can to sign him. You have a budget. You have a plan. Uh, right. The punter. No. See, I disagree with that. It's a punter. Number one, it's a position. Number two, I know he had a good year, but he had a couple bad kicks in the Dome in the playoffs. I, yep. You know, he said sure. inconsistency throughout the season. Um, he, I mean, he was better than average, but I don't know if I go out of my way for the punter. Um, what about the kicker? Well, the kicker's signed, so he's. Oh, is he? He's oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know they had an extra year with him. They do. Yeah. Oh, nice. So he's under contract. You know, I mean, I, my, I, I go toward the defensive line because okay. you have Miles Garrett, and then I mean he's under contract, right? And you had Dalvin Tomlinson under contract, and Ovo Okoronko is under contract. A lot of those other guys aren't. Like Jordan Elliott's a free agent. Zadarius Smith's a free agent. Mo Hurst is a free agent. Shelby Harris is a free agent. So I think you need a defensive end, and I'm not saying you need to bring back Zayary Smith, but I think you need a defensive end. I think you need. I would sign Maurice Hurst a second. Now that's not a huge signing, and it's not going to be super expensive. Um, and I talked to him the other day at the Sports Awards. He'd like to come back. He had a good year. Like he hadn't been, he hadn't played much the previous two years with injuries. He came back. I thought he had a really good year. He was a good influence, part of that whole culture thing. Um, 
you know, I think you want to bring back one of your linebackers, Anthony Walker Jr. and Sione Takitaki, are both free agents. Uh, I'd bring back one of those guys to stick next to JOK. I don't think you need both of them, but I don't like what else they have on the roster. I don't know if you want to draft a guy high enough, right? I think you want some kind of veteran stability there, so I'd bring back one of those other guys. Um, but they don't, like, uh, they have a ton of free agents, but nobody, to me, screams, you need to bring this guy back, you know, just beside those handful of guys I just talked about. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. There, There is really nobody like you go, got to have him, man. That, that's a no-brainer. They got to break the bank. They got to do whatever they can. So that's a good thing, though, uh, from that standpoint. Sure. We're, we're seeing coming up on February 8th, Scotty, um, the NFL Awards, the AP Awards, right? Garrett up for Defensive Player of the Year, Flacco, Comeback Player of the Year, Stefanski, Coach of the Year, Schwartz, the uh, Assistant Coach of the Year. Of those four, who's got the best chance of winning something? I'd, I'd rank it Stefanski, uh, yeah, Stefanski, Garrett, I don't know, Flacco, Schwartz. I don't think either of those guys win it, the last two. Um, right. Mar Hamlin's going to be tough to beat. You know, the PFWA, the Professional Writers Football of America, which um, I'm a member of, yep. just released their awards this week, and it's a bigger sample size. Right? It's like, you know, there's probably 10 members in Ohio, in Cleveland, so there's 300 members or whatever across the league. Or maybe not that many, but in the hundreds, I would think. In the AP, which is the NFL Honors, is 50 guys, right? So it's not apples to apples, but I think you can draw some conclusions. And DeMar Hamlin won um, Comeback Player of the Year. Stefanski did not. D'Amico Ryans did. Uh, but I still like Stefanski. And then I think Garrett's going to win it, and I think there's going to be a huge backlash out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> and people yeah. are going to, you know, they're already trying to say why it would be such a bad um, choice. And Garrett won the PFWA. Uh, award and he got more votes than TJ Watt in the AP voting, wow. you know, in the All Pro voting. So I, I think so, I expect Stefanski and uh, Garrett to win. Scotty, in that PFWA, did you vote for uh, Baker Mayfield as the what was he most improved player this year? Oh my God, JT, it's a great question. <laughs> I, you know what? I filled out my ballot and I don't think I did. I, I, I'm forgetting who I, I. I looked up like ten guys and he was one of the ones I considered, yeah. but I don't think I. Pick Baker. I'd have to look it up for it because I have the email where he sent it, but I don't think I went with Baker. I, I like I thought about JOK, you know, because I think he's nice, right? crazy improved. Help it, um, but there's there's other guys across the league, right? Like, and I know I looked up Deron Bland stats, you know, the All Pro cornerback for Cowboys. You know, he had five interception returns for touchdown, but I think he had four interceptions last year, so it wasn't night and day. But there was somebody else that when I did some looking up, jumped out at me more than Baker did. Where do you think he ends up, Scotty? Does he stay in Tampa Bay, or did he do enough this season for another quarterback-starved team to maybe take a shot at him? Well, I, I think there's a market. I, I don't think it's a huge market. Um, I think it makes the most sense in Tampa. He's comfortable, right? You're probably not – I was going to say, you're probably not changing the system, but you're, lo- using, you're losing your coordinator, so stuff is going to change. Um, but there is continuity, right? You have the same head coach. You get guys around do the same. You know, if they bring back Mike Evans or whatever. So I think it makes the most sense for both sides if it's Tampa. Um, but I think there'll be at least a couple other teams that would be interested. Uh, I got a bet with a buddy of mine just, you know, on these text threads and things pop up. Like, I, I don't know what the mar- like the contract for Baker will be. You know, like, mm-hmm. is a team willing to commit for it? four years and a hundred million dollars to Baker. Like that seems a lot to me. Um, I, I think, you know, I think he played well this year. He won a playoff game. He came close in that second playoff game, but 
but I still think Baker has a ceiling, which is why the Browns got rid of him in the first place, mm-hmm. right? He's never going to be a top picker number, 10, 12, 15 guy. So how much do you spend on that guy? Um, i got a hard time thinking the team's going to commit a ton of money, which would make sense if Tampa said, hey, we'll give you three years, $90 million, with a bunch of that guaranteed. Like That seems like the right fit, right contract to me. I'm just wondering about Pittsburgh, Scotty, and I don't know what they're going to do with quarterback, but, uh, you know, uh, what a storyline that would be if Baker would end up in Pittsburgh and playing the Browns twice a year, right? Oh, it, it certainly would be, but, you know, you got guys like Justin Fields is probably going to be available, right? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is going to be available. I think there's guys out there, and we can argue about if you like Baker better than those guys or not, but I feel like there's other choices that I personally would like better than Baker. Great point. Scotty, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon, all right? Thanks, folks. Scott Petrak, com is the website. Follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak, for daily information.